welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. If you would please turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians 12. The first letter to the Corinthians, and we're going to look at verse 12. Before we read this, um, I feel prompted to let the church know, and those watching online, we know we've got e-members out there, and you're just as much part of us, praise God. I believe the Lord will have me at times teach things that he wants to do. In other words, he wants to perform some things, and we, when we get in the word along those lines, the path is laid. He's able to do what we're hearing about and what we're believing for, and that's why we need to teach some things, because God wants to do those things. Like if God, if God wants people healed, he's going to have us teach on healing so people can believe for healing and he can perform healings. Well, the Lord has directed me to teach on something that he wants to see a lot more of in our church services. You know, God's doing as much as we're allowing him to do. How many like to lift the allowing measure a little higher? How about a lot higher? One time when we first started the church, the Lord told us this. And if you, if you think about it, it's actually very powerful. The Lord spoke to us way back in the day when we were at Enterprise Park over there on North Avenue. Um, he said, son, tell my people. If they'll just expect me to do more, I would. You have to watch out by adding to that, you know. Fear not, only believe, plus fast, plus be more nice. But no, just... Keep, keep it simple. If my people, God said, would just expect me to do more, I would. So could we all just locate right now that part of our life where we expect with? You finding it? Turn it up. We need to expect him to do more. He doesn't do more because we're better people. He doesn't do more because we earn it. He does more because we believe more. Believe more, see more, right? And, and expectation is, is, a, is a product of faith. And the more we expect, the more he can do. He works in environments where, where we can expect higher, he can do higher. So um, I want to say this right up front, because during these teachings, and, and now and whoever, DJ may be teaching again soon, of course he will, and Rachel, and, and they're going to be doing more. But while I'm teaching right now, we're going to camp out on something for a while until we see what God wants us to see. And right during the preaching and during the teaching, we might even experience some supernatural manifestations of the Holy Spirit that will help us greatly. How many know the devil wants you to think that supernatural is evil and bad and scary? Did you know the demonic part of the supernatural is a very minute part of the supernatural? God is supernatural. The Holy Ghost is supernatural. The Bible talks about powers of the world to come, getting a taste of them in this life. Miracles are supernatural. Angels are supernatural. Devil and demons is a real small part of the supernatural realm. When we hear the word supernatural, we shouldn't go, ooh, what's that? That's just a sign you're watching too much Hollywood. When we hear supernatural, I'm hearing limbs growing out. Blind eyes opening. 
body parts coming in that have been cut out. When I hear of the supernatural, I'm thinking of me being here one minute and gone and you don't see me anymore and Keith Moore's here. And I'm in his church. It's called translations. It's happened in the Bible. Oh, the world's got all their weird names, teleporting and all this stuff. No, there is a real. The devil is all he can do is dream up cheap counterfeits for the real. Do you realize that people on this planet are hungry for the supernatural? And if the church doesn't preach these things and the church is satisfied with just being a nice administrative club and has some good music, then they're going to turn to something else to get that hunger filled when the church should have been preaching the things of God and the power of God to where their hunger is filled in church, not in a seance. Witchcraft is simply a supernatural manifestation of the devil to get people off track. And the only reason people would be hungry for that and go after that is because the church has not been talking enough about the power of God. We have the power to get people free. We need to be interested in it, stir it up, and hunger for it more than anything else. Because whether you realize it or not, hungering for these things is one of our parts, qualifications to see more of these things. They can't be flippant to us. They can't just be a side issue to us. When we're more hungry for God and the things of God, we'll see more of the power of God. But I'll tell you right now, there's a lot going on in this world that's doing its best to get your attention off of these things. The devil knows that you have a desire part of your life. and He's trying to get you to desire everything but these things. Don't let the enemy mess with your desire. You keep your desire in the right place. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, the King James says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles, non-Christians, non-Jews. You were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Corinth was into tremendous idol worship and all kinds of licentious things and weird immoral practices. They were in, it was ingrained in them, but they started getting saved. And so Paul had to start saying, hey, you got to watch out about this stuff creeping back into your life. You were this way. You're not that way anymore. Come on, get that through your head. But it's interesting here because he's telling them that, you know, you had a hunger on the inside of you for the supernatural, but you turned to dumb idols instead. See, there's a hunger in everybody and people are being led to the supernatural. And the devil's putting up all kinds of weird things in front of their face to say, come this way. This will satisfy you. This will satisfy you. This will satisfy you. Nothing will satisfy you like the one who created you. The devil knows every human being on this planet has a desire for the supernatural. So he's going to do his best to put the bad things in front of you to make you think that will satisfy you. Paul said, you were led to all these dumb idols because you had a hunger. Hunger was legitimate. It's just you turned to the wrong things. You were led to the wrong places. And then he says in verse 3, wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus ananthema or accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities, there's different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. 
And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which works all in all. Now look at this next verse. You ready? But the manifestation of the Spirit. We want to talk about manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Ways He shows up in the earth realm. Things He does that's perceptible in this earth life. Now I want to make something real clear right here. Because I walked in this building today, God's here. Can I say it this way? Because you walked in this building as a believer, God's here. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus said, I'm right there in the midst of you. Well, I don't see you, Lord. Well, that doesn't mean he lied. There's a lot of things that are, are real that aren't seen. Invisible means it's there, just you can't see it. Like Moses saw him that was invisible and endured and got out of Egypt and saved God's people. Well, um, he's here always because when we're here, he's here. If he's in you, he's here. If I, if he, if he, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Same for you, believer. And if two of us agree on earth, excuse me, uh, if, if he's where two of us are in agreement, <clears throat> right? Isn't that what he said? Where two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus said, I'm right there in the middle. Now he's in the atmosphere, not just in you. Well, here's the thing. Jesus is here right now. He manifests more where he's reverenced more. More reverence, more manifestations of the Holy Spirit. See, reverence and honor, these aren't just things to help you with your etiquette. These aren't just things to help you with your, you know, natural life. These are things that create atmospheres where God can do more in. I don't know if you realize this or not, but in the book of Hosea, it says that the Lord will come unto you as the rain. What does that mean? It means when certain atmospheres are right, you're going to see more of his presence show up in the earth realm. You know, rain takes certain atmospheres. Actually, if you, meteorologists, I guess, they talk about stuff comes up from the earth, forms clouds, and it rains. Well, there's some spiritual things that need to come up from the earth if we want to see the presence of God come down stronger on the earth. Amen. See, most people think, well, well, when God gets ready, we'll have revival. Uh, when God gets ready, we'll see miracles. On the contrary, when we're more hungry, when we're more reverent, when we're more desirous, and when he's more first, we'll see more of him manifested in the earth realm. It's interesting, but right now the Lord himself personally is giving me unction to talk to you in an anointed revelation way. That's the, that's the work of the Lord. That's powerful. Well, the same way he does that, he can destroy a brain tumor and it be gone like that. Same anointing. The same anointing that we're experiencing right now can fix a blind eye. Change your blood. Talk about a blood transfusion. Boom, boom. New blood. What happened? Went to church service. Well, they believe in the power of God. But here's the thing. God being here and God manifesting here are two different things. Let me give you a perfect example. Are there singers in the room? 
Yes, we've got singers on the front row here. We've got other singers. There are singers in the room. But guess what? You wouldn't know it. I don't hear any singing. But that doesn't mean they're not here. They're just not manifesting. Can God be here, but Him not manifesting? Can the healer be here, and the healer not manifesting? So what's the deal? Uh, let's find out what gets Him manifesting, Amen. and let's find out what quenches Him from manifesting, and let Him manifest more. Yeah. He wants to. He wants you free. He wants you to have your miracle. He wants you healed more than you want your child healed. He wants people free. And we need to learn what stops him and we need to learn what lets him do whatever he wants to do. Read on here. It says in verse 7, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Oh boy. So he's not just talking about something the preacher and a few leaders are involved with. Say this with me, church. I am a part of every man. What does that mean? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit everybody. Not to profit the one who's being used, but to profit everybody. God wants his church completely free because it's a lot easier to help others get free when we're free well this scripture says the manifestation I, I thought that would be a good thing to title this and if it evolves into something else fine we need to talk about manifestations of God himself in our church services manifest what does that mean manifestations of God himself what we're talking about, the presence of God showing up perceptible in our services. Doing things that people need even beyond their own faith that can receive. What happens when you need a miracle and your faith's just not quite there? Well, that's where we open the door and say, God, we're going to use all the faith we got. Please add something here that we can't do. We need you to stretch forth your hand. We need you to work a miracle. We need you to do, which is different than us, you know, appropriating by faith. There's times we're going to need God's help when we just can't get it on our own. Now, everything he's saying in this chapter here, he's not saying to a pastor. He's saying this to the entire church body. So when he says in verse 1, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant, he's not just talking to the pastor. He's talking to the entire church at Corinth, every member in the church, just like every member here. So if this is written to every member in the church, what should we be doing with this verse? Okay, my days of being ignorant of these things are over. I'm going to know this chapter like I know any other chapter. I'm going to know this chapter. Do you realize that not being ignorant is a huge answer to many people's problems? As a matter of fact, it says that the Spirit of God helps our infirmities. What? We don't know. What we should pray for. Ignorance is a problem. And the Holy Spirit wants to help fix that problem. Because if you don't know, how can you desire? How can you crave like the scripture tells you know if you want these things you got to you got to strongly desire these things they can't just be a side issue to you well that's not going to happen if we don't know about them so let me read on here and then we'll come back and make a couple more comments on this and 
and say what the Lord wants us to say. So the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. It's not to profit the one being used, it's to profit the entire church. Now here you go. There's nine manifestations of the Spirit, nine ways the Holy Spirit manifests. You ready? For to one is given by the Holy Spirit the word of wisdom. To another, the word of of knowledge. He's not talking about wisdom and knowledge in general. He's talking about specific words for specific times you could no way know except he revealed it to you. Verse 9, to another faith. The, the Greek says special faith because we all have saving faith and general faith and the fruit of faithfulness. But here he says to another a supernatural endowment called special faith. In other words, when your faith runs out and this faith comes on the scene, it's a done deal. To, by the same Spirit, to another, this is the ways the Holy Spirit manifests, to another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another is given prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. That's actually seeing into the realm of spirits. And to another, diverse kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues. Now those kind of tongues are different than every believer praying in their prayer language. This is for public ministry. And not everybody is going to operate in these to the same level. But when it comes to praying in tongues, that's a family right for every born again spirit filled believer. Don't get the two mixed up. Tongues is plural. This is talking about a ministry of tongues, not just you in your private devotions praying in tongues. And then he says in verse 11, but all of these manifestations works that one and the selfsame spirit dividing to every man severally or individually as he will. I want to say right up front, he wills to do a lot more than we've been allowing him to do. I'm thinking of two scriptures right now in the New Testament where it says, don't quench the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians 4.30. Don't, don't quench Him. What does that mean? It means we can quench Him. Well, if these manifestations are from the Holy Spirit and we're quenching the Holy Spirit, how many of these manifestations are we going to see? Probably not many, if any at all. So we need to find out what quenches the Holy Spirit and stop it. Drop it like a hot potato. And then there's a scripture, it also says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, grieve not the Spirit of God. So he can be quenched and he can be grieved. What do we need to do? We need to find out what grieves him. We need to find out what quenches him and drop it like a hot potato. What are we not willing to do to see more miracles? What are we not willing to do to see more miracles? Well, I want to see more miracles, but gosh, I don't want to stop that. I'm not going to ask that person to forgive me. I'm not going to make that right. What are we not willing to do? Friend, we're talking about people receiving supernatural deliverance that man has no cure for. Do you think we should be willing to do about anything to raise this ability of God in our church services? Now, I would like to emphasize something here 
in verse 1. What's the very first word? I thought about this, we taught this years ago, and I, I thought about this word now. What, what does that have to do with seeing more manifestations of the Spirit? I'm sorry, guys, I shouldn't go that far over. What, 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 do, what does that have to do with us seeing more power of God manifested in our church service? Well, it's there for a reason. In other words, Paul said now, now, over halfway through this letter, I had to address carnality. I had to address strife. I had to address divisions in the church. I had to address having sex with people you're not married to in the church. I had to address um, violating love during communion time. I had to address marriage issues, divorce and remarriage issues. I had to address all. And he said, now that we got all that taken care of, now let's talk about the power of God. Why? Because is it is important and as wonderful and as life-saving as the power of God is, it's not as important as us being right with Him and other people. Paul had to address some basic Christianity issues before he could get to, now, let's talk about miracles and how you can see more of them. Now, let's talk about you being used in the word of wisdom and understanding things of the future. Now let's talk about discerning of spirits. Now let's talk about gifts of healings, ministering healing to others and the power of God flowing out of you and making something right immediately. Now let's talk about these manifestations. And this is important because, you know, as much as we want to see the power of God, I I want to say it like this. Why don't we just, why don't we just go ahead and wholly follow the Lord and go all the way? Would it be worth it? Would it be worth it to make some changes? Would it be worth it to make some adjustments in our lifestyles and in our our daily agendas to see a greater degree of glory? Um, I realize that what we're talking about right now, it doesn't come cheap as far as just being able to do whatever we want to do and see all these wonderful things. This is going to take some focus. This is going to take some adjustments probably in our daily agendas. And I'm not saying everybody has to be on board, but I think a good chunk of us do. And when you think about what the devil's doing with the shootings and and the kids that are dying and the bombs and the plagues and the biological warfares and who knows what's around the corner, I start thinking, you know, Lord, I need to be a little more interested in these gifts of the Spirit because that's a standard against that junk. That's something that can keep that out of our lives at least. How would you like to know by a word of knowledge where a gunman's about to shoot and go crazy and shoot people? How would you like to know by the word of knowledge, by the Holy Spirit, where not to go? Amen. You just walking around one day and all of a sudden, well, I just, how do I know that? That. Lord, that's a word of knowledge. Remember what you've been studying in church? Don't go to work that route today. Go this route. Don't go to work at all today. <clears throat> These are life-saving manifestation God wants in the church. Now, now look at this. Before we just, we'll discuss each one of these individually, but go to 1 Corinthians 12 <clears throat> at the very end of the chapter. Look at verse 27. 
Paul says concerning individual people in the church, now you are the body of Christ, you make up the body of Christ, members in particular, and God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that God set in the church miracles, a ministry of miracles, gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet I show unto you a more excellent way. We'll talk about some of that as we go along too. So he's talking about desiring something very earnestly. Why? Why would Paul say covet earnestly the best gifts? Why would Paul say that? Because God wants us to have more of them. He's not going to say covet something that he doesn't want us to have. Are you listening, church? He's not going to say desire earnestly something that he doesn't want us to have. He's telling us, he's telling us, I want these things happening in my church. And then he's also saying, your part is to desire them strongly and you will see more. Well, we're not going to desire them strongly if, we, if we're ignorant of them. Right? We're not going to desire something we're ignorant of. So the very first verse is, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you ignorant. And I thought it was interesting. Paul said, Paul said, listen, guys, I just talked to you about some issues that you really need to take heed to. But now that we got that taken care of, let's talk about the power of God and the presence of God manifesting stronger in the local church. <clears throat> There's going to have to be a change of mind about some things in order for us to see some changes in this area for the better. Um, oh, there's so much we could say about that. Um, I call it holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, holy following the Lord. Caleb and Joshua saw things others didn't because they were just following, others were just following the Lord, but Caleb and Joshua were wholly following the Lord. And if I could say one thing to the church right now, I would probably say this. In these last days, just before Jesus comes, let's be the church that goes all the way for God. Amen. Let's wholly follow the Lord like Caleb and Joshua and get to see the full promises before we even leave this earth. See our ministry go to the level it needs to go to help people like they need help. Because, you know, you can follow the Lord and you can wholly follow the Lord. One gets you to heaven, the other gets some heaven on earth. You know, you can be a believer or you can also be a disciple, right? You can be saved, but you can also be filled with the Spirit. Well, I believe the Lord's calling our church to be filled, disciples, holy, following the Lord. The days of commercial church are over. I know it may not be over as far as right now it's time that when we come to church we are believing to hear from heaven we're getting direction for our lives when we do things we're serious about doing things when we lay hands on people we're serious we believe the Lord led us to do this and that's why we're doing it are you listening church this is this is where we got to get to 
some, you know, we might need a little catching up in some of these areas, but it can happen. I thought it was interesting. I want to say this again before we go, before we go into the actual gifts of the Spirit. In verse, <clears throat> two, uh, ver- verse 1 again, concerning spiritual gifts. Now, the word gifts in the King James is italicized in the King James translation. And when you see a word italicized, can you put 1 Corinthians 12, 1 back on the screen? When you see the, the word gifts, they don't have it here because it comes from a different place. But in the, the King James Bible, the word gifts is italicized. It means it's not in the original language. And the reason it's not in the original language because he's talking about more than just gifts. He's talking about offices. He's talking about manifestations. He's talking about operations. He's talking about uh, administrations. He's talking about more than just gifts. And so it should be italicized. It shouldn't be in the original. The original reads like this. Young's literal translation says this. Now concerning things of the spirit, brethren. Or one translation says, now concerning the supernatural, brethren, don't be ignorant. And don't get your information from Hollywood. Oh, that's my added translation, because there was no Hollywood back then. As far as I I can realize, there's no Hollywood Israel. Or Hollywood Egypt. Now, don't look to Hollywood to see what's going on in the supernatural realm. Look to the Lord. Because if you look to Hollywood, and you think the devil is really what Hollywood... If you think the devil is really what Hollywood says the devil is, you're deceived. Who do you think inspired those movies? The devil. Who do you think inspired movies that talk about demonic activity and possession and all this stuff? Who do you think inspired those movies? The devil inspired those movies to get people afraid. Stay away from this realm. Stay in your natural realm. Don't ever acknowledge that there's angels. Don't ever acknowledge that there's demons. Let me just keep chewing on you and cause you to die young and have a miserable life in the process. No, he wants you away from the super. He wants to scare you away from the spiritual. God said, don't be ignorant of this realm. Don't you be ignorant. You need to know some things, believer, about this realm. Because you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And the Holy Spirit is a spirit who lives in your spirit if you're a believer. Angels are spirits. Demons are spirit. And, and this, is, this is why some, the devil just soon we don't believe he exists. Why? So you never resist him. You're not going to resist something you don't think exists. And the Bible says if you want to be free, there's going to be some times you have to resist the devil and demons and they will flee from you. Do you know there are some problems, how many know if a person, and I'm not saying all problems are this, but let's say a problem in a person's life is that they're being harassed by an evil spirit. How many of you know medication don't work against evil spirits? Yeah, right. Evil spirits need to be discerned, discerning of spirits, and dealt with. And the good news is this, we are dealing with eternally defeated spirits. Yeah. Amen. Eternally defeated there's been people that have operated in this gift of discerning of spirits, maybe even some in this room, where they actually saw into the realm of the spirit an evil spirit. And every person I've studied under in, 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 in this area, when they saw an evil spirit that like was afflicting somebody's mind or somebody's body and it wasn't just a natural organic thing, it was actually a spirit, he said, I saw the spirit. This is going to mess up all Hollywood movies. The spirits look like little wimpy monkey-like creatures. And, they, and when they deserted, they said, leave this person's body in Jesus' name. It fell to the floor like a whining, wimping puppy. 
and it ran out the room and the person was completely delivered. What are we dealing with here when it comes to evil spirits? What are we dealing with? Now, we know there's different classes of demons. Now, where demons come from, that's a whole other subject. We're not going to talk about that now, okay? But we know where the, the, the bad angels came from. But what about these evil spirits? Well, here's the good news. You and I, the youngest Christian on this planet, has all authority over the devil and all evil spirits in the name of Jesus. Never be afraid of somebody who's afraid of you. What are you talking about? The devil is afraid of you. Why? Because he knows greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. He knows you have the name that's above every name and you can use it against any power of darkness that comes against you or your family. He knows you've got authority. He knows you've got power. He knows you have exceeding great and precious promises. He knows you've got angels and that they surround you. He knows. Don't ever be afraid of somebody who's afraid of you. But we've got all these problems in the world today. It's like all these people are starting to accept things about themselves that they can be delivered from. But if we're not talking about the power of God, we're not preaching the power of God, what are they going to do? I can't get free. The church can't get me free. Please accept me the way I am. I don't know if I'm a man or a woman. Please accept me as I do all these unnatural things against nature. How about we get you free? How about we get you delivered? How about we talk about the power of God, things we can do to create an atmosphere so God can do greater things. How about we get people free? Yes. We were walking down the mall, our mall, Mesa Mall, Grand Junction. We were walking down the mall, looked in a store, and it had said, it said um, um, Gay Pride Month or something, or Gay Pride something. And my first thought was, and the Lord said, shape up, son. You've got more power in the church. They won't have signs like this because they'll all be getting delivered in your church. They'll all be getting set free. They'll all be finding the strength they need, the power they need. You don't have to get mad at things out here. Just be stronger as a Christian. Believe your church sees more signs, wonders, and miracles. Why? Because these people who are confused can be set free. We should have compassion instead of just saying, it's so easy to talk down on things when you could be doing more to help. Right? We don't want to talk down. We love people that are involved in these lifestyles. Are you kidding me? But we need to love them enough to pay the price to get the power on the scene to set them free. That's right. That's right. Say, Pastor, would you allow a homosexual to come to your church? Absolutely. Are you kidding me? We love people. But things that are hurting people, we don't love. Huh, we don't love things that are de destroying and confusing and hurting, especially little children. We, I'm sensing that the, the biggest thing we need to do right now as a church is we need to make sure that God has full open doors in this church to manifest any one of these gifts of the Spirit and manifestations that He wants to. Pass on the back aren't going to cut it today. Trying to counsel people on Facebook isn't going to cut it today. But a working of miracles will fix things. Right. Special faith coming on the scene beyond your own yes. faith will fix things. Yes. Gifts of healings will start fixing stuff. Right. Discerning of spirits, seeing the real problem and dealing with the real problem instead of just, you know, just throwing all these things against the wall, hope something sticks. How about we get more fine-tuned with the help of the Holy Spirit and say, oh, that's what that is. So we'll pray like this instead of like that and we'll get victory. Yeah. Now, concerning the things of the Spirit, brethren, I don't want you ignorant. 
Well, if we'll get some knowledge, then we can qualify for doing our part to seeing more manifestations of God because if we're knowledgeable, now we can desire earnestly something that we know about. I see gifts of healings working in the Old Testament and the New Testament. I see workings of miracles working in the Old Testament and the New Testament. The only gifts you won't see in the Old Testament is tongues and interpretation of tongues, which are distinctive to our generation, which is like a bonus gift for the end time church. And it's something everybody should be involved with. And if you realize this, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you start speaking in tongues, that's not what he's talking about in 1 Corinthians 12. He's talking about in 1 Corinthians 12, like apostles of ministry has certain signs in that ministry. The prophet has a ministry, certain signs in that ministry. There's a miracle ministry that works in the area of helping people. But when it comes to a miracle, you can receive a miracle by faith in God. You don't have to wait for one of these gifts to get a miracle. You can build your faith. Receive a miracle because you're growing in faith and you're just taking what belongs to you as a family member. I know i got to wrap this up. One more laugh and I'm going three hours. <laughs> can I get another laugh over here? <laughs> When it says in verse 2, Paul said, You know that you were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as you were led. I know that I know that I know that I know there's a lot of people turning to astrology. They're turning to witchcraft. They're turning to divination. They're turning to false religions. They're turning to all these um, dumb, stupid things that they shouldn't be turning to. And instead of getting mad at them, how about we just walk in the real and they'll know where to turn to satisfy that hunger? I know when I was a kid, I was a teenager, I, I, I was hungry for the supernatural. It's just I went the wrong way. I, I got filled up with Black Sabbath records and um, just, you know, Blue Oyster Colt and um, all this stuff. And it's like, why? Because something inside of me hungered for the supernatural. Hungered for, see, the church I went to wasn't preaching these things. As a matter of fact, the church I went to didn't even encourage us to read the Bible. I said, you don't read the Bible. You're not going to understand. Let us read the Bible for you. And I said, okay. I'm like a little mockingbird. Whatever you want to put in my mouth. It's like, no, I, I got a Bible one day. I got a Bible for myself. Yeah. And I read it. And I started realizing, wait a second here. I can read for myself. Now, at the same time, I knew I needed teachers in my life who knew more than me. But they, all my teachers that I listen to today highly encouraged me to read the Bible every day. And to check them out with scriptures to make sure what they're preaching is true. Because they're human. They could miss it. Just like I encourage you. Check out what I'm preaching. What Dominic's preaching. What Carla, Rachel, everybody else. Check out what they're preaching. Because we're human. And we only know in part. I figured if Paul only knew in part. Oh, we probably only know in part too. <laughs> right? The Apostle Paul says, you know, had visions of the Lord. The head of the church here. In the, he goes, I only know in part. Oh, my, 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 my. I'll close with this. Here's something that we have to get down or you'll get lopsided in some of the things I'm teaching. 
When we're talking about the manifestations of the Holy Spirit, which can be broken down into three categories. There's nine of them, if you, if you, if you read there with me, there's nine of them. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, special faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. That's nine manifest. It's interesting that there's nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and there's nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Fruits for character. Manifestations are for power. And a lot of times the power won't show up much if the fruit's not where it's supposed to be. That's why he had to deal with 11 chapters of stuff before he got to 12. Amen. Listen very closely. When we're talking about manifestations of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God stretching forth his hand to heal and help versus believing God yourself as a child and receiving anything you need from the Lord. When we're talking about manifestations of the Holy Ghost, we're talking about God worked special miracles by the hands of Paul. So that from his body were brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. And when those handkerchiefs or aprons were laid on the sick and the disease, it says the diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them. Just because an anointed handkerchief was laid upon. That's God doing something. Woo! I want to see God do some more things. Hmm? It says in the book of Acts chapter 3, when the lame man at the gate called Beautiful was healed, Peter said, this man, because I mean, he, he walked by him and said, man, what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he lifted him up and immediately this man's feet and ankle bones received strength because he couldn't walk from a child. Immediately this man's feet and ankle bones received strength and he walked with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. No rehab. When God does something, you jump over every step. <laughs> Glory to God. And Peter said, he said to all the people, I want to tell you that, that this man here, he said, it was the name of Jesus and faith in his name that made this man strong whom you see and know. And then he said, yea, the faith which is by him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of ye all. What was he saying there? He's saying there was some faith on our part, but when it came right down to it, this man jumped over every step. It was an outright, and this man wasn't believing for anything. He was expecting money, and he got a healing. How? Well, if it wasn't his faith, how did he get healed? God's faith came on the scene because somebody was using all the faith they had, and it wasn't enough. Then it said, but the faith which is by him has made this man strong whom you see. No, yeah, the faith which is by him has given him perfect soundness in the presence of you all. How many of you realize our faith at times needs a little boost? And you'll find out a lot of times that until we use all of our faith, we won't see these manifestations because until we use what we got, why would God give us something until we use what we got? Very often you'll find that when you've used all the faith you've got and it's not enough, a gift of the Spirit will come on the scene and take care of the rest. So make sure you use all the faith you got, even if you feel like it's not enough, so that you are a good steward with what you do have so one of these manifestations can come on the scene and finish what you couldn't finish yourself. Manifestations of the Spirit are where God initiates things, which is different than us walking by faith, believing scriptures, we can initiate some things. Many times Jesus said, your faith made you whole. 
Daughter, your faith made you whole. O woman, great is your faith. Be it unto you even as you will. And her daughter was healed from that very hour from a harassing evil spirit. And he said it was your faith, woman. That's not a gift of the spirit. That's somebody believing God for something on their own. With the help of the Holy Ghost, but not a manifestation of the spirit. There's two ways. And most of the church world, this is where people get in trouble. Most of the church world is praying and waiting for God to initiate. And the problem with that is, that's as the Lord wills, and that's not happening every hour on the hour. The Bible says God bear them witness, talking about the apostles and others, with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. These things happen according to the will of God. If it was me, I'd be doing them left and right. I don't know why we're not seeing more, but it doesn't mean people can't get healed by faith in the word either. You have to understand what I'm saying right now. God initiating something, we need to be more open to that. But that doesn't do away with the fact that if he's not initiating something every hour on the hour, you can get in the word and do what other people did. And Jesus will say, your faith made you whole. Your faith, may, according to your faith, be it unto you. As you have believed, so be it done unto you. You need to keep developing in that because these gifts aren't happening every hour on the hour right now. And so many people have died waiting for God to initiate their healing when they could have built their self up in the word and got their healing. Now, you know, whether we've all done this perfect or not and whether, you know, we've got loved ones that, that, that aren't with us anymore. Listen, a thousand years from now, that's not going to matter anyway. I said, a thousand years from now, none of that's going to matter because we're all going to be in heaven because we're saved. And that's the big deal. But there are some things that need to be fixed in the church and in this world that we're going to need his initiating power to help happen in the earth realm. And this is why we need to be more knowledgeable of these things. You know, there's so much that the Lord wants to do. I was thinking about Hebrews 6 where it said that... um, In this life, we get a taste of the powers of the world to come. If you read Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about us tasting powers of the world. What, What do you mean powers of the world to come? Walking on water is a power of the world to come. A physical, a physical body moving through physical material is the power of the world to come. Translation. From here, 100 miles away, at the blink of an eye, is the power of the world to come. You know those transporter rooms on Star Trek? Too slow for God. Too slow. We're talking about the speed of thought. That's even faster than the speed of light. Speed of light is 186,000 miles a second. Speed of thought is boom, boom. Are you following me? These are powers of the world. Moving a mountain. Power of the world to come. We, the Lord said, you're going to get a taste of these things in this life. Well, how are we going to be expecting them if we're not hungry for them? And how are we going to be hungry for them if we don't know about them? Hmm? And then Paul says, covet earnestly the best. What's the best gifts? The one you need right now. The one somebody else needs right now. And so we're going to start talking about the power gifts first. There's three categories. Revelation gifts. They reveal something. 
And that's the word of wisdom, which always deals with knowing the future about something, not everything, just something that God needs you to know. How many think knowing something about the future is like a uh, um, heavyweight advantage? How would you like to know where the enemy is going to strike before he strikes? Hmm? Word of wisdom. The Bible talks about knowing things about the future through this word of wisdom. It's not all wisdom. You couldn't handle all wisdom. It's just a word for the time because of something that needs to be fixed or done. And then we got the word of knowledge. That's knowing something about the present or the past. No way you can know except he dropped it into you. This helps a lot in the area of witnessing. You'll know something about somebody. Maybe a tragedy in their life or, or maybe you just picked up they have thoughts of suicide. And to go up to somebody and say, hey, I just, the Lord just showed me that you're thinking about killing yourself. He said he loves you so much. Don't do that. I have an impact on you. That makes you not want to kill yourself anymore. God really does hear. How'd you know that? I, word of knowledge. Jesus said to the woman at the well, he says, go call your husband. We'll talk about the things of God. She goes, I have no husband. Jesus gets a word of knowledge. Right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. How'd he know? How'd he know? How'd he can know that? Word of knowledge. And the one you, and, and then he said, and then he said, lady, and the one you're living with now, the, the one you're living with now, he ain't your husband. She said, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> and she got all holy all of a sudden. And she, she was like, he read my mail. How did Jesus know that? He operated as a man under the Abrahamic covenant like we operate anointed of the Holy Spirit today. He, he knew that. He knew that. How did he know that? How did John know things about the future that haven't even happened yet? Word of wisdom. He knew some things about the future. These are revelation gifts. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits supernaturally reveals something to the church that gives them the heavyweight advantage in life. And then we got power gifts that do something. Special faith. Workings of miracles. Gifts of healings. These are called the power gifts. And then we've got three inspirational gifts. Or we could call them vocal gifts. And that's prophecy, which is divine speaking under the divine inspiration of God. Words that are not just coming out of your heart and mind. They're coming from heaven and it's flowing like a fountain. Actually, the word prophecy means to flow like a fountain. Prophecy. And the Bible said in the last days, young people are going to prophesy. They're going to speak by inspiration of the Holy Ghost. And their generation is going to go, what? Where'd that come from? And it's going to get the attention of kids and it's going to get them off wrong roads of destruction. And revival is going to happen. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. Those are vocal gifts, inspirational gifts. And there's a ministry of tongues as well as just all of us being able to pray in our own prayer language anytime we want. That's an introduction. I have to stop. But let's stand up and let's just, we'll, we'll take this as it comes. We'll, we'll get into each one of these gifts. We'll study each manifestation of what it is, what it isn't. We'll, we'll differentiate some more between the Lord initiating miracles and us initiating things that we can initiate by simply being in the family. Heavenly Father, we thank you for showing us as a church what we can do to see more of your power so more people can be helped supernaturally when the world says there's no hope. That is not you saying there's no hope. Oh, Father, we trust that we'll experience manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We'll see things that you want us to see. We'll do things that you want us to do. And your church will be built up. 
And the glory of the Lord will increase on the church in these last days. Though some churches may fold and close, others will grow and expand and multiply. For the power of God is so needed in the earth today. People are hurting. People are dying. People are being messed up and messed around with by lies and deceptions. And I'm calling my church to higher ground. I'm calling my church to deeper commitment. I'm calling my church to come up in the things of God, to put away earthly things that don't mean anything, to walk on with the Lord for the time is short. The hour is here. The hour is quick. Oh, look up, says the Lord. Look up higher than this entertainment of this world. Look up higher than the infatuations of this world. Look up higher than your own personal appetites and see that there's a place I have for you in the kingdom of God that will last forever. There's things I've called you to do that only you can do. There's things that I want you to be that I only that only you can be. So look up as your head is high and looking up, you'll begin to see things and revelation will come to you and you'll go, that's what I'm born to do. That's what I'm called to do. I always thought there was something more and it's because there is more, says the spirit of God. You'll never be satisfied with careers only and natural things only. Yes, do what you have to do in the natural. Yes, work. Yes, be a good person on the job. But never let that be more important than fulfilling what I've called you to do and being the influence for Jesus that I've called you to be. Look up, says the Spirit of God. The days are upon you where all things are coming to an end. Look up. Don't be attached to the things of this world. Detach yourself from any of the sly courses that are going the wrong way and see what I have for you. Stay in your church. Hear the word of God. Seek those things that are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Look to the Lord every day and he will direct your path and you'll have a bright, full of joy, full of peace, satisfied, completely satisfied life until you see me face to face. People will want the joy you have. They'll want the peace you have because when you're doing my will, you got it all. Thank you, Father, for these words. We receive them in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you, Father. So part of what I just did right there, just for the teaching, that was the gift of prophecy. I kind of went from the teaching mode, which there was an element of prophecy in that, but that was prophecy to the church. So take heed to what you heard. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 